0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Chicago, Illinois, it's time for Chicago Business Radio. Now here are your hosts, Lee Cantor and Stone Payton.
1: Well, I'm Michael Lauer. Lee and Stone have taken a long lunch today. I'm filling in for him. I'm with my co-host, Mike Lyle. Mike Lynn. Another Mike. Oh, yeah. why, why do I... I was, I was combining your name with my name. Might as well. That's what it was. There you go. Because we, we got Michael and Mike here. Um, now, Mike is with um, Training Pros, and he has his own company as well, so we uh, got to meet him this week and. Stole him to get the bug. That's right. Stole him to help me <laughs> out here with these two next guests, which I'm really excited about. Later on the show, we'll be visiting with Nicole Martin with 101 Best and Brightest. But before that, we're going to start with Brian Kraus. How you doing?
2: Very good. Thank you for having me on.
1: I switched it up on you guys. I know I said I was going to start with you, but I changed my mind. A little
2: high fastball. There.
1: That's right. <laughs> so how you doing, Brian? I'm doing real well. Good. So tell me a little bit about Molex Incorporated. I know you're also here representing BMA Chicago, but I want to start with Molex and kind of go into BMA after that. Sure.
2: Sure. Molex Incorporated is located in Lyle, Illinois. That's a nice little suburb tucked neatly between Downers Grove and Naperville. Uh, We're a leader and an innovator in a $48 billion global interconnect marketplace. And I think your listeners will know us uh, for that HDMI cable assembly that goes from their flat panel TV uh, to the set-top box. Well, we manufacture that. In fact, we've, we received an Emmy from the American Broadcasting Association for the development of, uh, of the HDMI product. Uh, we have 45 manufacturing locations in 17 countries globally, uh, more than 100,000 different products, and we've got a dedicated team of uh, over 35, 36,000 people on a, on a global basis. So did you guys invent the HDMI cable? or We were asked uh, to participate uh, in the development of the specification. Uh, so we brought forth the, uh, the interconnect know-how. Uh, there were people there uh, that did the chipsets um, and certainly worked in other areas. There was actually 10 companies that were awarded an Emmy uh, for the development of HDMI. Um, but, you know, typically you wouldn't know Molex,
1: no, I mean, um, I, I haven't heard, shamefully, because I, haven't heard shamefully, of any, I yes. love the HDMI cable. It's brilliant. It's, it's made my life well, easier. Well, you know what I
2: should have done? I should have pro- probably brought you both two free ones. Samples, <laughs> oh, they were they like Instead of, so instead of expensive, going in and so yeah. in buying them, yeah. Does
1: it have the logo on there?
2: Uh, no, it does oh, okay. not. No, it does not. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Well, that's, that's where I was going with it. I mean, typically, it's um, we like to say it's Molex Inside. You know, Intel ran a huge advertising sure. campaign, Intel Inside. Um, you probably don't know Molex, uh, but we're probably within 10 feet of you in cell phones, uh, probably your equipment here in the room, right. certainly the Samsung computer, um, and uh, if you have tablets um, inside car vehicles, washers and dryers. So uh, what wherever. exactly, your, your technology solutions, or what, what kind of services and products do you guys do? Sure. Uh, we, we manufacture the, your basic interconnect product. so that's typically a two-piece connector system. Uh, and then we go all the way up the food chain. We can do uh, cable assemblies, multi-layer flex assemblies, printed circuit board assemblies, uh, just a wide range of uh, of interconnect type products uh, for you know every literally every industry that's out there, uh, from uh, uh, mobile to uh, datacom, telecom type products, industrial products, uh, white goods, brown goods. Uh, we manufacture products for everything. As
3: much as there's a Molex inside, there's a Brian inside. You've been there most of your professional career, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, you hit it. I've been (laughs) over there. (laughs) I like to say that I've been there for over 30 years. Wow. Uh, Actually, 33 to be exact.
1: And you're VP of marketing now, right? I
2: head up the global marketing and communications. So I've got responsibility for the Molex brand, I've got responsibility for all of our online properties. Uh, So that includes molex.com, our blog sites, social media sites, and really um, the advertising, PR, and our go to -to market strategy uh, globally on how we commercialize and promote our products.
3: You've seen many faces of
2: marketing over the years. I've had, yeah, boy, when I was in sales and marketing initially, it was all about the sales guy bringing information in to the customer. And today that has changed so much. Uh, with the advent of social media and certainly uh, the advent of search engine optimization and yeah, everything else going let's on. It's flipped the game upside down. It, it absolutely has. And that that's the relationship with the Business Marketing Association because BMA today is the central focal point on how marketers learn uh, uh, about their trade. Well, that's a great segue. And
1: you're doing my job for me now, which is fantastic. So tell me a little bit about BMA and uh, what your
2: role is there and how they serve. Uh, their uh, constituents sure well as I said my my day job on the VP of Marketing and Communications at Molex but my other day job I head up uh, as president the Business Marketing Association of Chicago so I don't know if your listeners know about uh, BMA but uh, BMA is the largest b2b association in the world with over 4,000 members Uh, the BMA chapter which I lead um, has uh, over 560 uh, members and it's not really, these individual companies or other associations that these are all members, so individual memberships, okay, individuals, marketers, but not marketers, group, but not
1: group memberships. Do you do those also? We
2: also do that, and, and, and certainly our membership uh, goes from Accenture to Aon to USG to Tel Labs really, all, of, all the major Fortune 500 brands in the Chicagoland area. Wow, that's pretty extensive. Where group members would say, We'd like to invest in our full marketing team. We'd love to, you know, and they do. I mean, we have uh, group memberships uh, where you're able to bring 10 people to the events. Sure. Uh, we have lunch events. We have breakfast events. It's, it's, really, it's really, you know, how do you learn about what's going on in marketing? You know, when you take social media apart, when you look at, uh, you know, uh, integrated campaigns, when you look at uh, digital marketing, people can spend a lifetime in each of those categories. But so how do you understand and, and how, do you, how do you grow Right uh, within those, with those areas.
1: Well, I find that doctors do this or, or should do this really well. Um, they stay, they have to stay up on their field and current in what's happening, right? But I, maybe the the normal businessman or woman isn't doing that, and that's where you guys come in, right? I mean, you got to stay up on your field, otherwise you become a dinosaur, and then some young kid like me gets out of college and replaces and you. And let me and-
2: tell you, there's a lot of kids like you that are are doing great jobs uh, for their companies. I think I think one of the things that we've learned um, in in the marketing space, especially the the B two B marketing space, is there's not a lot of classes out there. You know, for B two B marketers to to learn about uh, what's the latest trends. So we've worked with uh, Loyola, and we've got a, a class. It's a digital marketing class that we put on last fall, and we're going to rerun it again um, this fall. But it's a week long, forty hour class with Loyola, uh, really to teach people about digital marketing.
1: Now, have you found that in the in the learning in the di- in that that space that the the fall off on that information can happen relatively quickly? So do you do you have built the whole association builds whole programs around these kind of things
2: right and that's exactly what we're what we're doing we're in the planning stage right now with the uh, the bma chicago organization you know our, our our year really starts in that august september time frame when uh when we launch some of the lunches and breakfasts sure. and and uh, the activities um so we're starting to plan you know what is it that we want to we want to educate our uh, our marketers here in the chicagoland area about? when finding the right person to do that's got to be kind of tough well, it it is, but you know, when you think about the great organizations uh, and companies here in the Chicagoland area, um, and and nationally, so we reach out nationally to look, you know, for those chief marketing officers, those experts in specific areas. Uh, they could be authors. Uh, you know, we, we bring them into Chicago. We set up uh, the space, and we we give our. Uh, you know our organization, the ability to learn. Have you led me yourself? I have. I did. Uh, I did a demand generation presentation about a year and a half ago, uh, which uh, you know is all about uh, marketing automation platforms, and certainly how you uh, how you email your email database, um, and you know it's down to nurturing and 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 running those campaigns to bring those people to your website and. And uh, and take information uh, about your products and services.
3: Has the profile of the typical BMA marketer changed over the years?
2: It, it has. It has. Uh, we were, in fact, we were just talking about that. Our persona, as we call it in marketing, that's a that's a marketing term, um, is <laughs> is broken down really in three areas. Uh, we have the young professional, which is typically, you know, a young person out of school. for Whippersnappers. Yeah, those young whippersnappers <laughs> that teach all of us <laughs> old guys what you know how to do it better. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and and they're really at BMA to uh, uh, to latch on to somebody to to further the knowledge base and and maybe make a connection. And they need at, a mentor, at, right. exactly, or uh, two. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, and then we have the the, uh, the middle uh, you know marketing professional who's been doing it for five to ten years. Um, so he's he's wanting to, to engage with people. Um, he wants to talk about technology and and where the uh, where the marketing piece is going. And then we've got the, the, the high-end VP and, and chief marketing officer that's into, you know, possibly data, uh, analytics. Uh, so there's a, there's a wide difference in, in terms of how we're trying to educate uh, the BMA marketer. It's all part of the community. It's it, part of just kind of sharing with each other and continuing the tradition. Right? It, it is. It's all about, uh, you know, making contacts, uh, connections as I like to call it. Um, and, uh, and, and really driving information across the platform and, and, and really bringing people right. up and through it. Something that I'm finding, um, be, sitting in, in this chair and meeting all these interesting
1: people day in and day out, you, you kind of see best practices and, and that kind of stuff, but something that's kind of changing, you used to say you know, adapt to survive, but now it's kind of collaborate to survive, right? I mean, you're finding that the work's out there and you don't need to compete for everything, but if you can share best practices, the industry is going to survive and and thrive, and you'll be a part of it, right?
2: Right, absolutely. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, we had uh, our BMA national event here in Chicago. We had uh, close to 1,000 marketers into Chicago. Wow, that's a good number. Great number, and it was a three-day event, and it was really all about sharing best practice. Uh, It was about, uh, you know, takeaways i mean and i like to say that you know if you can if you can listen to somebody for 45 minutes and take a nugget away and and think about over time how do you want to bring that into your organization and how do you want to improve your organization that's the benefit so since we weren't there can you
3: share some of your takeaways from that big event
2: i i can i mean um you know i think i think one of the takeaways that i that i that i took was uh was a luncheon presentation it was about um you know getting closer to your customers and and really driving a, a one-on-one connection uh, to that individual. So this guy's presentation was about, um, you know, understanding who that person is and going out literally across the social media sites. So go on to YouTube, go into Google, uh, Facebook, really tr- outline what his likes are and what his dislikes are and then give that information to your sales organization and arm them so they they're better equipped to deal with that individual, right? You know, whether he likes your products or doesn't like your products, even though it's business to business, it's people to people. It, right? It's still a people. It's a still exactly a deal.
1: That, that that marketing strategy doesn't necessarily change so much as, as maybe molds a little differently, but you're still targeting one guy or one person right are you kind of finding
2: that yeah absolutely i mean you know again our persona at molex is that engineer that's designing that next generation product so you know uh, you know our benefit at molex is that i can i can work with that engineer at motorola solutions up in schaumburg Um, i can work with their organization their contract manufacturer in beijing china um, and i can fly products in from around the world i mean that's the that's the benefit that we bring right
3: so it sounds like it's not just the corporate communication marketing piece, but you're doing a lot of work with the sales team. As absolutely, well absolutely.
2: Role. It's a, it's a, it's really a three legged chair. I mean, you've got the marketing organization, you have sales, and then you're basically putting together that uh, the communication piece on uh, on how you're driving your products and services. So you just mentioned you had your big event
1: just recently. Do you have more events coming up in the future? Do you have just mainly one a year? What? How do
2: you guys? Well, we have the big national event once a year okay. in, in May. Um, and and then we kick off um, in that August September time frame, our chapter events, um, and we we start to launch uh, luncheon events, breakfast events. Uh, we've got a, a wide variety. You can go to uh, bmachicago.com, I should say bmachicago.org, um, to find out about our events and services. And but uh, if you're a marketer in the city of Chicago, BMA's where where it's at. You 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 got to join us. Sure. Um, and really understand and learn about best practices in, in B2B marketing. Well, Brian, here's the rub. Okay, rub me. All right. <laughs> um,
1: everything is on the internet now, right? Yeah. I can find any information I want by going on to Google. So it's getting harder for associations to per up the ante and provide value for members because you need members to survive, right? Yeah. So how do you guys keep raising the standards and providing new things
2: for your members to keep them wanting to be a member and get new ones. Yeah. I, you, you touched on it. And let, me, let me cover it in two, in two responses. You, know, you, you brought up the Google thing. And, and um, certainly, you put a word fra- or a phrase into Google and you hit that, that enter button, um, it, it could play up 50 million responses. Yeah. So, so the, key, the key to a marketer is how do you get your word or phrase in the first couple of pages of Google? And I learned that when I went back to school. The right. first time I went to school, we used to get ten books, put them on a table, and highlight the information on them right. with a pen. Um, today, when I went back to school to get the the masters, it, it's all about copy and paste and click throughs and and on. It, it's just the click stream, the click stream. Yeah. So so you know that that's one aspect of marketing. So you know search and en- we call it search engine optimization. Uh, how do you get your words and phrases up to the first couple of pages? And that's something that we that we absolutely teach um and, and we bring forward in uh in bma now you, your, your actual question is how do you keep it fresh how do you keep you know new people coming on board and and that's the one thing with with marketing um and, and especially business to business marketing is it, it is changing you know used to be the sales engineer was the focal point today it's not today it's you know how you work and contact your uh, your customer via the internet so i mean we're constantly looking for that uh that author that uh, the, that expert on a specific subject, and we're you know looking across it nationally to bring those those key individuals into Chicago uh, that can help teach um, you know our our organization about best practices. Sure. And what it sounds to me also is, is that you're not only providing
1: us information in this training, right, which is valuable, uh, but it's more of almost the connections they're making at these events and, and with the luncheons and, and at the major event in May. It, you're reaching people that you have an accountability and a network with. Right, I mean that's where yeah. the real value as is.
2: as a marketer or as you know in any profession, you know that connection with other people in in the work that you do, you like work is, is absolutely critical, um, and and we foster that um, at our lunches and breakfast seminars. Uh, we allow our our membership to uh, to understand what other people are doing, um, you know where they're working, and uh, and how best um, you know they can they can relate to them.
3: You mentioned the data before that people at your level might be most interested in the data analytics with all the information that's out there with online searching and Google and all the work that you're putting into getting your message out there. What is your focus on data?
2: Yeah, I mean, our focus on data right now is is really analyzing our dashboards um, and, and and seeing you know the impact um, that we're making in bringing people to our website and, and what are they doing once they get to the website. So through the you know the various packages, it's a lot of information though. It's a tremendous amount of information, and but how do you optimize it? You know, so right, you can't have information for information's sake. Correct. Right. So so for my marcom space, uh, you know, we're looking at where we're spending our advertising dollars. It could be online, could be in print, and we're analyzing you know the results of of you know what. What that's doing in terms of bringing people uh, to the website and downloading, um, you know, all the data and information that we have, and and we're saying, hey, look, this this one's working better than this one, so let's let's put a little more dollars into this. Um, so the analyzation of, of dashboards, if that's a word, analyzation, Uh analysis, is critical the- analysis. <laughs> there you go. There you go.
1: Well, so there's a bunch of different ways, and and I, I want to switch to something I heard earlier. Um, the startup community in Chicago is really kind of booming. You know, and especially in a B2B fashion. We found that um, in Chicago, the startup isn't necessarily apps for consumers, but it's a lot of business to business startups. So, uh, as a marketer f- for one of those small uh, companies, how do you get your message out? I mean, there's so many different ways to do it. You have social media, you have internet, you have TV, you have radio, you have billboards. I mean, how do you, what's, where do I start? Right? <laughs> uh, this is that's, too much. That's exactly what it's I ask every day. Information overload. <laughs> it, is it, is it is information, that, information, information
2: overload. overload. You're, you're absolutely correct. There's just so much noise. How do I break through? Well, you know that that's a that's a critical critical. I'm asking question. for free marketing advice. Yeah, I was going to say I'm <laughs> going to send you, send you a bill after this. Yeah, um, you know you have to you have to be in every one of those areas um, to to really drive your message. Uh, you well, know, consistent message, and it's got to be a consistent message, and it's got to be a consistent look and feel of the brand. You know, we went into um, we went into social media about four and a half five years ago, and that was a time where B two B marketers they didn't go into social media. I mean you know they didn't need to why it's where all why, the consumers are. why are, yeah why are we going to do that brian was the question <laughs> um, but i think i think the, the critical nature was you know when our customers our engineers are out there in their personal space on their personal social media and they decide that they want to type in molex i want to make sure that they find me and and they find me and my brand is consistent has a consistent look and feel and I can take them to my website, which is the repository of information that all is, you know, that right. is all molex, and, and really drive it that way. I'm sure you're also
3: watching everyone else's sites as well, and, and competing on a day to day basis.
2: Yeah, there's software obviously that you can uh, you can watch your uh, uh, your social media sites and and who's going on, and one of the how things how long they stay it, there, and interesting point that I'll make, and and. Uh, is, is you know we've got uh, the ability to take a look across the entire social media space, right and talk and, and really listen into the blogs and the wikis and, and certainly press releases and everything else. And it's an interesting thing that we found out a couple of years ago was molex is a term uh, like Kleenex and Xerox for the word connector, where we have a competitor that's three or four times our size. But we're in the social media space, talked about more than they are um and that now on all its own exactly so we started to open up some of those conversations um and found that hey they weren't talking about actually molex molex they were talking about molex being a connector so i mean that's getting your brand synonymous with your product that's the win Absolutely. Right. absolutely. And and to that point too, I'll
1: have a me Coke, give me a Kleenex, <laughs> I need a bandaid, give, right? me a, give me one of them Molex. <laughs> yeah. I need a Molex instead of dongle. I need a Molex. <laughs> so what's the hardest part of your job? W- 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 wake up. And this is, this is your battle.
2: Oh man. Um, you know, having done this for, for 33 years, I absolutely love it. Um, I would, I would say, um, I, I loved it from a couple of different reasons. I think first and foremost is, uh, you know, every five to six years, um, it changes. So I get something else to do, which is a good thing. Um, and, and 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 I'm passionate for for what I'm trying to do and tr- what I'm trying to drive. And I think um, b- leading the uh, the marketing and the communication piece at Molex and now helping to lead, um, you know, the the Chicago-based uh, marketing organization, um, is is just just a lot of fun. And I'm having I'm having a great time doing it. Uh, the toughest, the toughest thing, God, uh, I think just continuing to outperform what we've done. You know, I, I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want to be dry. Well, if you're not growing, you're shrinking. Exactly. You keep raising your standards every day. Exactly. If I can't keep getting, you know, uh, 7 to 10% uh, more pickup on my website, if I can't uh, get... Uh, Ten percent more sales drawings and data sheets downloaded off my web. I mean that—that's the point. I just—it's—it's it's to the point where how can I do it better? How can I get my information faster to my customers? How can I be the best supplier? Well, and that's where BMA me comes me? in, right? Exactly, because I'm, i am i get those nuggets firsthand. I'm able to sit with those people and talk to them and and take those things back to my team and say, hey, uh, you know, our website, you know, is there—is there a better way? Um, to drive uh, information off of it. You know, do we, do, do we allow our customers the least amount of clicks to get to the data in and around our products?
1: And is the data the best way to be received? Is it the best way to have that data for the customer, right? I mean, because I mean, people consume
2: data in different ways, right? They, they absolutely do. They have different needs and requirements for data at different times. Right. Development on, and it, depending on what it is, too. It, exactly. So, you know, you could have somebody that's just going out there shopping. Um, and they're looking for a brochure or catalog. Um, you could look at someone that's actually doing the design work. And they need so the specs. And- specs yeah. and drawings. And then you could see somebody that's actually getting close to finalizing. He's looking at um, uh, high-speed uh, data information, uh, really getting the technical piece of, of the interconnect system. So how do you connect with them without... Being Big Brother, well, and that's 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 critical. Or alienating someone who just wants the Cliff Notes. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Well, that that whole marketing automation platform, where we're you know we're really digitally following somebody as they walk around the website. So I'm seeing their footprints. So if you went to the website and you started to click on different things, and then you actually went to somewhere where you gave me your information, then I start to understand who you are and what your likes are. So you know. I don't, want to, I don't want to send it people information that's not useful. So I want to understand first who they are, what their interest level is, and I want to start to nurture them. Yeah. Times every single person that goes through the website. Right.
1: You're getting to know your customer. Yeah,
2: and that's what marketing is all about. And you're asking them without inundating them with questions. I, I don't want to ask them a lot of questions, but I want to offer relevant information. I want to see that when I do send them an email, that the click rate is high, uh, that they're actually looking at the information. Um, because if they're not, then I, I'll never do that again. I don't want to upset anybody.
3: It sounds like you've got high standards for your team. How how do you keep <laughs> measuring if you're at the level where you want your team to be?
2: Oh boy! I mean, you know, the, the 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 piece that we talked about earlier is you're always wanting to outperform yourself. You always want to get better. So you know, we're analyzing those dashboards. Are you know, is the the open rate better than it was? Is the click through rate better than it was? Um, are we driving the type of campaigns that, um, that are bringing people to the website to grab information uh, at a larger percentage? Am I bringing more people to the website? And then there's the all-important why. Well, that's it. We're in business. I mean, at the end of the day, right. uh, businesses are in the business of making money, generating revenue and profit keeping people employed.
3: At 33 years, it sounds like you're just getting started. What's the next horizon for I, you? Yeah,
2: I, I am getting started. I mean, I I, I I love what I'm doing. As I said, I, I'd like to do it even at a higher level. You know, I, I head up marketing and communications at Molex. I'd love to uh, continue that, uh, maybe take it to a higher level, be the chief marketing officer for the company, um, and, uh, and and keep growing. And, and, you know, you can never slow down. Right. You it's out there now.
3: Down. Your ambitions are there for the Public to hear. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> well, let's hop in the DeLorean for a second. Go 88 miles an hour. And there I want to go, go 33, ba- 33
2: years back in time. Okay. And what advice would you give yourself 33 years ago? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think, I think it's, it's, it's advice that I've really lived my life by, um, how I communicate to my team. Um, and I think it, it boils down to the fact that you got to be passionate and you got to love what you're doing. You know, if, if you're coming out of school today and you're in a job where you're just going through the motions, at the end of the day, you're not going to be successful. It's time to move on. You know, you got to find something that you're energized about, you're passionate about, um, and, and you can see yourself doing, but, but more importantly, see yourself growing um, and, and, and and really driving something. Because, you know, it's all about, you know, today, I know it's it's about making a buck Um But you're not going to make that buck unless you're really, really excited um, and focused on on what you're trying to do. That's probably a
3: better place to start than the awkward conversation about the internet and mobile devices that you have to have, (laughs) search (laughs) engine optimization. You You would uh, have no idea what that was about. And and
2: I didn't back then. I mean, I came to Molex in customer service. So in 33 years, I've had jobs in product marketing, industry marketing. I've run facilities, built buildings for Molex. Uh, Done a wide variety of different things. And, uh, you know, the last six years, it's been great. It's a great run. I love it. That's awesome. So where can people go to learn more about Molex, join BMA, Yeah, all that so good stuff? If, you, if you want to learn more about Molex Interconnect, uh, we'd love to have you on uh, uh, www.molex.com, which is our website, uh, which is the repository for all that is Molex. Uh, we also have a blog site. Um, it's uh, connector.com. Uh, That's a great uh, great one right there. (laughs) Talk about SEO. That was was fantastic. Yeah, that's huge. And then if you want to learn more about business marketing, uh, please join us on uh, www.bmachicago.org. And you can find all the information about uh, BMA and our events. Um, You can certainly get overviews of the people that are uh, on our executive board and our board. And we'd love to have you out uh, for lunch or uh, breakfast.
1: Well, Brian, it's been, it's been an absolute pl- pleasure visiting with you. And I can tell you're passionate about it. You know what you're doing. And it's great that you're giving back through the BMA. This is awesome. Thank you very much. And thank
2: you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, stick around? For, I, I, I'm, I'm here. Well. Okay.
1: Excellent. All right. Next up on Chicago Business Radio, we have Nicole Martin with 101 best and brightest companies to work for. Are there only 101?
0: In each region. In each region.
1: Okay. <laughs> so where's Business Radio X on there?
0: You know, if you thought about that, have you gone through the regional process? you
1: You know what? Take me through... Well, let's start with this. Okay, so tell me a little bit about 101 Best and Brightest and um, the different categories and what exactly it is for the listeners at home that don't know.
0: 101 Best and Brightest is a not-for-profit competition. Um, We work nationally, so we have a national platform, but then we have red carpet symposium events in respective regions throughout the country. And it's ultimately a process where any business um, with 10 or more employees, literally, can get their uh, qualitative and quantitative qualitative and quantitative data, I should say, um, and benchmark it, show that they're leading in best practices in, with regards to human resources.
1: So going back to the, the data aspect of this, I mean, you're, you're providing that, but also a little analytics to that too, right? Absolutely. So tell me a little about your role with them.
0: My role is I've served on the advisory board here in Chicagoland um, since 2005, um, I actually was in-house HR years ago, um, and basically our, the company I had served went and made it to the winner's list. And over the years, it's evolved where I've been more involved, and now I get involved with business development. Um, as a not-for-profit, it's something where they don't have a sales team or a whole marketing right. you know, division to their business. And so it's my honor to get out and speak and, and bring education and information to um, the public about the, the opportunity that's before them.
1: So this is not your day
0: job. No, this is not my day job.
1: So what is your day job?
0: My day job is is I'm an HR consultant now. Now I take what I've learned from taking an organization to the winner's list, and I I give that opportunity to smaller businesses um, so that they can hopefully level the playing field a little bit in terms of their talent attraction, talent retention, um, to the bigger businesses that they compete against.
1: So you are working for 101 basically for free. I mean, you're doing this because you're passionate about it.
0: I'm very passionate about it, yes, absolutely. So
1: why are you so passionate about it? What, what are they doing that's so special?
0: I think that, um, you know, one of the things that's really important when you look about business in general, right, everybody's trying to um, attract talent right? And they're trying to engage their employees. And one thing that's important to me personally that definitely commits me to always speaking on their behalf of 101 Best and Brightest Companies to work for is that I believe in people. And people do want to go to work, right? And they want to leave at the end of the day with a sense of accomplishment. They want to know that they're contributing to something bigger than themselves. It's
1: not about the money. I mean, it's, a, it's <laughs> like, but, no, seriously, we had someone in recently that was talking about uh, the, the, the top reasons uh, people aren't satisfied at work and and money's on the list, but it's not the top thing. It's satisfaction. It's accomplishment. It's personal growth. And so you are, Highlighting companies that satisfy these major things and helping people to do that, right? right?
0: Yes, and it's really you know It's it's really bringing um, you know even from an HR perspective The Society for Human Resource Management would say that 98% of HR professionals say it's absolutely critical that they're measuring Their effectiveness that they're actually getting on the strategic dashboard right and yet less than 40% of HR professionals that are in Businesses are actually measuring what it is that they're doing and how effective they're being and so what I love about this process is that even even the most um, unseasoned professional can actually take their business, take their information, go through the HR survey process, right? And, and maybe they're not aiming to be a winner just yet. Maybe they just want to see their baseline,
3: what is the way a company might start with that? Is, is yeah. getting started in measurement? How might they start with that?
0: It's literally to participate. And it's wonderful because even if you just participate and you fill out the HR survey, um, you get that baseline. And if you're doing something really great and innovative and, and definitely tying it to st- your strategy of the business that you serve then you're going to probably find out you're a winner, Um, which is great for marketing, right, Brian? It
2: absolutely is.
0: (laughs) But really what the idea is is that you're going to find those metrics. You're going to be able to identify what those are. And you can spend thousands and thousands of dollars on engagement and on quantitative data, let me tell you. What I love about this process with Hunter 101 Best and Brightest is that you ultimately get any business, again, small businesses, 10 or more, plus large businesses, right? They're all in the same pool. They come together and they get that external pulse, right, which they're all competing typically in the same pond for talent, right? Right. And the idea is that they get to see where they measure. And they get that just for participating.
3: Against each other or within their own single company?
0: They walk away with a, co- a comprehensive assessment report of where they ranked in each respective area against every applicant that went through the process. And then if they decide that they really want to take the internal pulse as well, which bang for your buck and your time, is to get the external look and the internal look. How did my people actually feel? What did they say? You get that qualitative and quantitative look through one survey, and that's a big deal. Sometimes companies go through multiple surveys, and your employees can get tired of being asked. Fatigue. You can have, yeah, you yeah. can get survey yeah. saturation
1: five, and fatigue. Five, five, five. <laughs> yeah, yes. Mark the smile sheet all the way up, because yes. whatever, right?
0: Right, so I love that you get that internal look and that external look through one survey process. Um, and we meet companies, you know, wherever they are in the process. We're about the education as well. It's not just not just about winning. It's really about how did we get there? How do you stay on the list? We have people that really fight every year to stay on the list. It's a very competitive process.
3: I'm sure there's lots of surprises that come from that measurement as well, where they may not realize there's things they don't do as well right. or things that they do great.
0: Right, and I think it's wonderful to do it from a third-party perspective because sometimes your employees don't trust um, actually filling out your internal pulse surveys, it's nice to go with a third party. Um, and this is very cost-effective process to be able to go with a third party to, to get that data, um, bring visibility to it, get that sure. information exactly, right? And once you know what they say, some businesses can make the mistake of, of keeping it to themselves at the executive level. And the idea it is... They might feel is, very protective of it, right? Yes. The idea is to, to share it, to actually show it to um, the employees that we heard you right? And then if you didn't make the list, if you didn't like what you heard, really go back to the workforce and you can have focus groups off of the baseline data that you achieved. So it's not just like, oh, we went through the process and okay, maybe we didn't become winners. Some people don't even, they're intimidated by the process, you guys. I love to actually say, no, go through the process. You might find out A, you're a winner and B, you might actually get some great information to actually set the baseline, sit down, like I loved it you guys when I found this process you would crack up first time I went through this process <laughs> 2005 was because a CFO looked at me and said HR had no value to the business didn't, didn't need wasn't to prove yourself whoa that's not accurate it's not accurate at all it's a challenging concept yeah, it's things but people but not, not the first
1: time HR has heard that within right. any organization right oh I'm sure right there's no better way right? well I can totally get on board with what you're saying in college I worked for a, a bowling alley and um, they always asked people what they liked what they didn't like about it including the employees but then they never actually did anything about right. it right right and that's frustrating as an employee you know absolutely so you 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 facilitate these metrics and you you've mentioned it's cost effective is there is it a pay-to-play kind of things in membership how does it how does that work
0: there's a there's a nominal fee to participate okay. it's anywhere from two to four hundred dollars depending on the size of your business which is
1: an extremely low investment I if mean, you I, think about a, it a high return on that
0: absolutely i mean let's talk about it if you have two thousand employees I'd like to know who you're using and what you're paying. Yeah, 10 cents an employee <laughs> and my gosh. I guarantee you it's going to be uh, more than it is for for this process. And the idea is is that you walk away with that assessment report. Um, you walk away with that information and there are some there are some competition platforms out there you guys that people the HR person will spend uh, the time filling out a 50-page survey and not even know or get the personal call. We personally call every single business that goes through our process and we let them know you're a winner or you didn't win and here's our resources and here's how we can help
1: you. And that's, that that's brings me to my next question is that you don't just give them the information and say like, okay go with God. You know, you right. you you kind of you you help them fix the problems, right? right. Which is more, which I think is the, even the more valuable part, right? Right. So do you guys actually um, put on the workshops and, and, and do that, or do you find people? How does how does that work?
0: We actually have um, HR consulting opportunities, right, through our sister associations. The Man- Management Association of Illinois is also a sister association to this. Um, that's for
1: the Chicago chapter, correct? Correct, correct. Okay. But
0: in each respective region, we partner with the businesses and the community. The idea of this is not just to have the marketing, glamour, and glitz, which it absolutely does have. There's over 70,000 businesses that get our information. We partner with the media partners in every respective region. Um, you guys being from Atlanta, right? You know yeah. that in Atlanta, we have uh, the event coming up just in a couple weeks. And so the idea is, is that we, we reach out, we bridge those communities um, and build better businesses. We, we actually partner not-for-profits to for-profit businesses. We actually bring um, the consulting, maybe those opportunities. So you're a
1: connector also. Yes. You guys are doing a lot of stuff.
0: Right, we have community resource partnership programs, we have sponsors, right? We also have our winners. Um, and the idea is, is that sometimes the sponsors are the most innovative, new, cutting edge um, companies that are trying to actually get into the companies that are actually giving back in their own community. Does
3: a sponsor have to have won?
0: No, absolutely not.
3: So you, you may not be on the list of 101, but you can support The fact that there are good ones out there, okay.
0: Absolutely, and sometimes that's a good way to, we look for the opportunity to bridge our winners. They're always looking for the new, innovative way to engage their workforce, and it's changing every year. If you look at the employee value proposition right now in terms of talent attraction, retaining your talent, it is huge. There's a serious... Demographic shift going on right now, um, and so the sponsors have the opportunity to go directly to the decision makers at some of our red carpet events around the country. So it's a great opportunity. Right. Um, the, the community resource partnerships—that's that's a philanthropic sure um, initiative that I'm very proud to bridge um, not for profits to our platform.
3: So being the HR leader, it, it always is a pressure job. But I mean, like you said, all the tra- the changing times right now. There's a lot of pressure that they're dealing with in their seats that might even prevent them from initiating applying. You're saying it's a great opportunity to do that and, right. uh, and create a conversation within the company.
0: Absolutely, if some people actually feel like they don't have the executive uh, sponsorship, um, I think it's a great tool to actually present yourself as a, as a person who wants to be at the table. We always talk about, oh is HR at the seat? Do they have a seat at the table, right? Well, put yourself at the table, bring the data, Bring the solutions. Um, this take, is an, take some charge. Yeah, this is absolutely an opportunity to be able to show that you are thinking about these things. You actually understand the impacts they can have on the business, and then not only that, you want to know authentically what it is, and then you're you're ready to put some solutions in place on how to address these. Things. After
3: they have lots of conversations as a result of the data, then the next question is: Okay, we need to invest in x of x menu of things to do better with right. engaging or whatever it might be. Right. Are those conversations easier then, for the HR professional?
0: I think that they absolutely are easier because then you're able to show where you can move the needle. Some people have a really hard time um, measuring the effectiveness of their HR executives or their HR managers in their businesses.
1: Well, it's hard to get the the numbers on that, right? Because I mean, it's, it's a lot of it's subjective.
0: Well, it depends on what the business values, okay. what's important to actually their people, right? And what's important strategically. It's linking strategically what's happening in this business How do we align everyone so they're rowing the boat in the same direction, right? How do we bridge that? Um, And communication is a big part of that. And so you have to understand your internal pulse. Um, And then if you really wanna keep those people with you, you have to really understand Who's in your backyard wanting the talent that's sitting on your bench?
3: And that goes to your culture as well, right? And what is important and also what's not as important. You might get low scores in certain areas, but culturally you might say these are the areas that are the most important to us.
0: Right.
1: Well, and I think even especially around 2008, companies might have gotten a little lazy because everyone's scrounging for jobs. I'm not having a lot of turnover. We must be doing something right. But now that kind of opportunity is coming back in. It's like, holy moly, I got to do something and I got to do it now. Where's the HR department? Where where are they located in our building? Right. Right? Is Right. Is that kind of what you're finding now?
0: absolutely i think that actually some companies um you know the best and brightest are absolutely very well aware of what they need to be doing in terms of retaining and developing their talent right but the idea of the education piece is reaching out to these other businesses that are still actually maybe not yet experiencing the fact that it's hard to find their talent maybe they have a plentiful resource pool in terms of skill competency in a particular vertical but pretty soon they're going to find it's a very real challenge. And they might find out the hard way through turnover, right? right. Um, or losing their high potential performer. To I the really competitor, believe, right? Right? I really believe this is a business imperative. It's a strategic business imperative for every single business, small, large, medium, to be addressing who their high potential performers are, engaging them. And absolutely, even um, every single employee needs to understand how they can make that contribution.
1: Or how can to take the new guy and make him a high... You know, how do I make him that person that I want to keep? You know, you got to nurture and create the talent too, right?
0: Yes. And the make or buy equation is very real today. I really do believe the maker by equation in terms of talent is very real. And so talent development, bringing visibility to that, that is absolutely something that we quantifiably measure and that we, um, you know, if you think of the categories that we get into, we get into compensation. So so,
1: so go into the categories a little bit. What are some of the award categories that people can nominate for?
0: We actually have 10 categories. Um, We get into compensation, benefits, and employee solutions, diversity, and inclusion, Employee enrichment, engagement, and retention. Work-life balance, which yeah, everybody like would probably toot their horn on that one. Um, employee education and development, which speaks to talent development. Sure. Um, when you think of the community initiatives that I talked about with our community resource partnership program, are they actually involved in their community, supporting their community? This is also very important um, to businesses being effective in their communities. Uh, when you think of strategic company performance, not only are we strategically measuring, but do our people understand it? Do our people actually know what our strategic objectives are? Have we actually brought them on board to the initiative?
1: Is our mission statement on the website, right? <laughs>
0: and do we live it?
1: Right, consistently You know, Within this the isn't like
0: just... Um, Enron, with like, hey, yeah, we have integrity. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Right?
0: Do we live it? Um, and do the people really feel a part of that? Recruitment selection and onboarding, not just orientation, onboarding. It's a whole...
1: Which goes
3: beyond the first couple of weeks. Absolutely.
0: That's yeah. about enculturation. Yeah. That's about really people becoming part of what it is that you live and breathe um, and educating them to that. And
3: having conversations about the culture that you're jo- joining and how do you reinforce yeah. that?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, and culture to me is, uh, to me personally, culture is an invitation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, employee achievement and recognition. And not just recognition for the sake of a recognition program. This is called... Everybody rec- gets a medal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like recognition tied to maybe the revenue driving sure. core competencies in your business or the strategy objectives and people actually feeling appreciated. Well,
1: another incentive?
0: For what they do. Right. Right.
3: Does the award recognize each of those categories individually where you might be notable for one or a few of those or is it recognition that you've done many of these really well or is it both
0: right it's a rigorous process to be on the winners list you absolutely have to be high ranking in every single one of these categorical areas that i men- mentioned um and then further than that we actually Recognize elite winners, which are the highest-ranking company in their respective wow. region in each of these competencies. It's extremely competitive. Um, you actually, I've had the pleasure of serving CEOs that that become winners, and I'm telling you, and you get into these uh, red carpet events and the symposium. It's like next year we're going to get the elite, and it really <laughs> can become a pride. This is pride. This is this is something that people bring back to the team, and everyone is excited about it.
3: Can an organization get? Lower-level awards for being distinctive in any of those categories?
0: Um, the, we just have the Elite just Award, which elite. is the highest ranking. And then of the 101 winners, we don't rank that list. Everyone that's in the winner circle is in the winner circle. They get that pride year-round. They get um, all of the benefits of being a winner year-round. And then every year we go through the process again.
1: If I want to know my rank, can I get it?
0: You know, it's not something we reveal. <laughs> it really isn't. Because you really should, you know, for the winners, they just need to be proud to be winners. And you don't
1: want them to say, oh, I need to do a little bit more to get the lead. You want right. them to reevaluate everything, right? Right,
0: right. And we do, do differentiate, I suppose, the, the truly small business from the, the large business. Because sometimes the truly small business, less than 100 employees or less, less than 100 people on the team, when you put them in the same scale as like maybe a business with 10,000 plus employees, sometimes it can feel unfair. Sure. So we do do a best of the best for small business and then a best of the best overall.
1: Sure. Now, Brian's been nodding his head the whole time here. Brian, you've been with Molex for 33 years, so you, they've got to be doing something right. Uh,
2: they are doing something right. And and you know, as you spoke about the things that really challenge an HR organization and what a company is going through, I mean, I'm thinking the same thing, not only for Molex, but the same thing that I'm doing in, in terms of marketing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking for that next generation of talent. Uh, and where do we get it? How do we educate it? How do we keep it? Mm-hmm. And how do we incentivize it? Absolutely. So those are all the critical, you know, questions that you know depend. Doesn't really matter where you're located in a company. That's what you're fighting and trying to sort out at at, at every different function within a company. Was the
3: people marketing message prevalent in the conference you just attended?
2: I mean, it it definitely was. I mean, you know, there was a great uh, presentation that was put out. Um, It was a 45 minute presentation about how marketing is now working extremely close uh, with HR. That's great. Um, and, and, and really, they're coordinating efforts in terms of you know, how we're attracting young talent, how we're keeping young talent. I mean, it's, it's, it, it boils down to the fact that it's not just, as we talked earlier, it's not just a dollar thing, right? Um, it, it's more about giving somebody a, a future. It's, it's working with them. Um, and, and it's making sure that, that they feel part of the company. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where you can lose an individual where you know they don't understand the culture they're not accepting of it they're not participating in the company Fitness club or in the cafeteria, they're kind of off on their own. So you got to make sure that not only you bring them in, but you in, you know you bring them into the organization and the organization accepts them. A team works better in. as a team. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: Nicole, uh, that's huge. I mean, that's that's the crux of what you're what you're talking about, Nicole. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And you know, it's it's interesting. Some of the best and brightest companies to work for. You know, when you think of the examples, it's difficult to even be invited in. Sometimes, right? They protect their culture. They identify what it is to hire for a culture fit, not just from a skill competency standpoint. And, you know, I'll remember Radio Flyer was one of our best of the best overall, and they're a Chicago-based business here. And they are smaller in terms of headcount, right? And the idea is they have like a 10-step process, including an essay, on why you'd want to be a part of this business. And to me, people would say that they're all about fill and bill, how the cost per hire, for example. There's a metric in HR, cost per hire. Sure. Right? Number of days to fill the position. Now, we could stop for a second and think tactically and say, okay, let's fill the position. It's all about the number of days to fill the position. No, it's not. Right? It's really about a business that says, you know what? I don't care if it takes half a year to fill the position. We're not filling the position until we find the right fit for exactly Because I don't need. want to
1: fill it twice.
0: Right. And so that's the mental shift. That's the actual paradigm shift between a best and brightest company to work for. So
3: in both your roles, working for the award as well as your own business, you've seen some of these transformations happen with Absolutely. some of your clients. Can you tell us some examples of some of those where they really Absolutely, see the light yeah. and yeah. do things differently?
0: You know, one of, one of my greatest examples that I can give... Um, is a a client of mine who came to me, who started up a business, right? These startup businesses. You said there's so many entrepreneurial businesses. Okay, so here's these businesses that start up. When do they think of HR? They probably can't. Get that strategic HR advisement until they maybe hit compliance factors over 50 employees or they get to 100 employees or they then they, oh yeah, you know, and everyone, every manager is basically handling their own. Um, and so, my greatest example of somebody that's on the winner's list now, three years sustainable, right? And just got their news this morning even that they want to get this year. A client like that who comes to me, Nicole, we have 23 employees. And we would like to integrate our HR strategy. That's
1: great. You're starting
0: fresh. That's right. That's the kind of yep. business that's got their head and on. And they're in thinking terms about what their company
3: is about and what that means for every single one of their people.
0: Absolutely. And then I definitely think though it's all about um, understanding how HR excellence can really optimize your business. Not just from tactical efficiencies, right? We're talking about strategic integration and really, really optimizing your business and helping your people. Um, from an information and transparency standpoint to what is happening in the business.
3: Which moves beyond is HR at the C-suite table. It's more about what is our organization about?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And communicating again and, and reinforcing it again and again with your core values. Understand- when I said live it, right? It's the people who create it. Culture is not dictated, right? It's it's the people that create that. But then identifying with it um and i do think that it's it's a constant effort this is not something where you become a best and brightest company to work for and you're guaranteed that you're going to be there next year this is something that is strategically nourished you know on a day in day out basis
3: how has your involvement changed your your work in your day job when you're doing hr consulting Has, has it changed the way you do things with your clients
0: um, I think you know, for me, I probably it was the pinnacle. You know, to me, to to become a winner, be, to take that back to the leadership, that was a great day for me back in two thousand five. Oh yeah, yeah. I bet. and that's a team. That like when I said pride, that's team. But what I love right now is that I look, I get to take what I learned, and I get to bring it out to these other businesses that don't have access to it from a financial perspective, or um, even the ability to bring it in house. And I love sharing and and helping the underdogs get up there. I just love it. Um, And it's meaningful to me because I truly care about the people. Uh, And and if I were to go back, for example, like Brian's question, I would go back and tell myself, CEOs are people too. Um, Even the people that are leading your businesses – They really are challenged. They really are needing your help. And sometimes people wait for the invitation. But if you're somebody who wants to be a part of that, speak up, show your ambition, Um, communicate, and be part of it. Because for all you know, they might be meeting behind closed doors saying, Boy, we're looking for somebody who would take that on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Uh, So I I just want to empower individuals to the opportunity. Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
3: What's the biggest roadblock or what are some roadblocks that you see companies where they apply year after year after year, but there's just some things that are really hard to get past mm-hmm. for them?
0: Um, some things, well, communication, I really believe 98% of what I do is communicate. <laughs> <laughs> um, communicate properly about the right things at the right time. That's a big moving target. Um, and so that's one barrier that I think can easily be dropped, right? Mm-hmm. Because credibility is measured daily. Trust is built daily. And sometimes people forget that, um, and it's the simplest thing, right? If you ever think of anybody that you've ever worked for, um, it's just probably one example that you can think of in your work history, where they probably just had a bad day, but it damaged credibility it with you. Only takes
1: one, and right.
0: that is a heavy—that's a heavy thing to understand in terms of uh, the impact of managers. I don't think managers don't understand always how powerful they can be on somebody's day, uh, the energy and the environment, and 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 just being. Uh, to the point where you care. One of the questions we ask people on the employee survey, because our employees they get randomly surveyed, but they have to say they they feel even that their businesses care. Right. Do Which do is, I feel my manager it's cares? It's
3: just a gut yeah, feeling, that's right? awesome, right? It sounds like there could be an opportunity for a marketing and HR symposium between the two organizations. There we go. <laughs> <Just start to laughs> That's what we need right internally. there. We're making a connection. <laughs>
1: there you yes, go. There we go. Well, Nicole, where can folks go to learn more about you guys?
0: Um, 101 Best and Brightest is online. It's a great resource to go to. There's the website. And,
1: and the 101 is, is the numbers. It's not spelled correct, out Correct, numbers. So
0: 101bestandbrightest.com. Mm-hmm. We also have Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitter 101best. Best. Um, and then you know you could email me even at nmartin at 101bestandbrightest.com
1: well it's been a pleasure and I've learned a lot I'm sure Mike has Absolutely. learned more than me yeah. I would love to be on the red carpet and see the paparazzi does that come with the event
0: you know you can even just come and you could you could just start I don't
3: want to be a stalker though <laughs> I'll just cheer for the yeah. crowd too.
0: well and we have events on the ground in respective regions so like in Atlanta you guys could definitely go to the one in Atlanta on June 17th the 4th annual and then here in Chicago we have the 10th annual coming up on July 21st I
1: have to mark my calendar sounds great yeah well thanks for coming on
0: thank you it's been wonderful being here
1: Mike, Brian. Is, yeah absolutely this has been an awesome show Mike it's been great learned a lot from both of you thank uh, you yeah thank you, thank you both you. for coming on good luck in your successes going forward
0: and to you as well
1: yeah. alright I'm Michael Lauer and I'm Mike Lynn and, uh, Lyle. That Lyle <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> that's all the time we have for today on Chicago Business Radio we'll catch you next time